Hey there, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of That's How We Roll, a podcast where I talk with motivating and inspiring women who are professionals, entrepreneurs, organization leaders, artists, and so much more. Today's guest is Lauren Flick. Lauren is a writer, producer, and director who has worked for such notable networks as NBC, CBS, A&E, and AMC. She has written articles on feminism, environmental causes, and social justice, and has been featured on CNBC's digital platform. She has a drive and passion for politics and human rights and actively creates content for many political organizations and campaigns. She is the New York City Events Chair for Women in Media, an organization that promotes gender balance in the film and entertainment industries for filmmakers who work above and below the line and the people who love to collaborate with them. She is a board member of Friends of the Metro Theater, a group of neighborhood residents that have come together to tackle the task of revitalizing the Metro Theater on the Upper West Side. Lauren has some other things brewing and percolating, and we're going to find out just what she has going on as we welcome Lauren Flick. Hey, Lauren, how you doing? Hey, Avis. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad you could be here. My pleasure. Well, you're always so busy writing and shooting, and I know that you have several films that you've done, but I want to talk about this one, your first feature film, I believe it was, with the Academy Award winner Rita Moreno, and just what your experience was working with her. Oh, well, sure. The film was called Play It By Ear. So, you know, uh, it's amazing. She, You think you work with incredible and then you see someone of uh, Rita Moreno's level come in and read one of your lines and take it to another place. And it's um, it's quite humbling. I made that film with Rita and some amazing other actors, um, Michelle Hurd, Jennifer Mudge, Chris Coffey, Josh Stamberg, uh, a lot of great New York actors. And that was in 2005. And uh, it was an incredible experience. It was the first feature that I completed and uh, did it all on my own and learned a lot of valuable lessons, you know, one of which is never be afraid to ask for something like someone like Rita Moreno, because even though you aren't a big budget, that person might like what you're doing and want to be a part of it. So you, you can't be afraid to have someone say no to you. If you never ask, then you never know. Without question. And you'd be surprised how many people wouldn't mind helping. Uh, you know, I've done other readings on other scripts and pilots I've written and certain things that have not had backing, but I wanted to try and get a name attached. Actors want to act. And I don't have to tell you that. And if they like the material, then quite often they can get around the, the poverty in hopes that they'll help take the project somewhere. Yeah, that's very true, because that comes up with a, another question about challenges that we all have them, you know, as an actor and as a, a filmmaker, because you have to get your 
what whatever project you want to go on, you want to get it funded. So sometimes you have to set up, you know, like some kind of GoFundMe or something. So those are all challenges that we that we all face. And so did you have to raise your own money for for this particular uh, project? For this particular one, I did. I um, and I did a ton of bartering. I mean, I had incredible professionals working with me for whether it was a maybe a, a a director of photography who was great who had done many tv shows many shorts hadn't done a feature film so for him it was an experience to say all right i'm going to shoot a narrative feature and this will be a good sort of dry run for me. We were able to take a lot of talent that was just around the city, this great city, and find people that just, if they connected with the material, then what could they get out of it? How could I help lift them? Perhaps there was a PA who wanted to be an AP, or perhaps there was a, I mean, the idea is let everybody get a little something more out of this than they came into it with. Aside from the experience, let them get a new title, let them get a new something under their belt. And I think that was one of the keys to getting it, getting it made. You know, it, it is um, that you mentioned that because it's always good that people gain experience. They always say, you can get, we want you to do this, but you don't have experience. But working, you know, helping other filmmakers or helping other actors create some uh, a piece of work, it does give the people that don't have the experience to do something an opportunity to actually do it and to get experience. And then it's easier for them to, to get the next job. And it's also, it's good for people with no experience and it's good for people with experience. Because again, maybe you've uh, produced documentaries, but you haven't had much in narrative or perhaps you've only pulled focus but you haven't been able it it could take a professional up a level and it could take someone with no experience and give them a taste of what that's like and and you know for someone starting out it could also help them decide what areas they like and don't like in the field Exactly. And I do find that a lot of people in the business, like you said, the DP, which is director of photography, people helping other people do certain things. And I think that that's good because every little project could be the next big thing. Without question. And it's also what is it bringing to you? So what are some challenges, if any, did you face when you first started out and that you're still facing today? Well, when I first started out, there were many challenges because I started out as a lawyer. I did not start out going to film school. Um, I always wanted to be in film and television, but it was just never something discussed in my home as a viable option. Um, Apparently only acquiring debt, (laughs) only acquiring law school debt was an option. But I, you know, my challenge was sort of familiarizing myself with the industry when you're coming from nowhere. And truthfully, I think that that has been my, if I were to pick one challenge I've had throughout is not, never even would have occurred to me to find a mentor back then or to, to know that there'd be networks that you could appeal to. So the challenge was finding support and, and sort of finding out my way around. I think I lucked into a lot of things because there are different tracks you could certainly take. But then there's challenges 
you know, like you mentioned money earlier, when you have any project, money is always a challenge. I've worked for networks where money's less of a challenge and you're given a budget to create things and that's exciting, but maybe the challenges are more on the network side and, and limiting your creative vision. But I would say my biggest challenge that I faced in general in this industry was was finding someone who who could guide me along this this road, this landscape. And what I learned from it is that you do better when you find some people, that, like-minded people that can help you, that you can help because we only rise when we help one another. Mm, that's very true. Now, you mentioned mentor, and mm -hmm. this podcast is about role, being a role model and being a mentor to, to other women. And you mentioned mentor. Now, you don't have to name the, the name, but did you, you said you wish that you, you had had a mentor. So oh, okay. have you met anyone now that, that is a mentor to you or role model to you that you wish that you had known in the beginning? Because who knows, you might have chosen a different path. You might have been in one of those big networks, you know, the head of some network. But did you find this mentor or role model yeah, the answer is no. Um, I, the answer is I wish. I think there's also this idea that you can only get a mentor when you're in your 20s. Well, I'm a woman of a certain age, and I'd still love someone to help guide me. And, and that's why I join organizations like Women in Media and, and look to my peers to say, have you gone down this road? How would you handle this? But I really think that when I was starting, which was in the late 90s, you know, I did not have any background in entertainment. I didn't know anybody in the business. And I applied for a job from the New York Times. You know, I wish that it had been encouraged when I was going to school. I wish that there was some kind of mentorship program so I could actually talk about the things that I was interested in. And maybe it would have made my journey a little shorter. Maybe it would have been, you know, you could play Monday morning quarterback, right? From here till the cows come home and you don't know what could have been. But I think it would have just been a, a little more of a comfort to not just fly blindly, which yeah. is what I felt like I did for most of my career, which is just taking chances and, and seeing how they washed out, you know? And sometimes they did and sometimes they didn't. Exactly. Well, that's what makes you a good mentor for for women in the in the media and women in in this business in general. This is a good time to take a break. So when we come back, we're going to have more with Lauren Flick. If you have a business, you need a website. What's the best way to get a website up and running? Choose a website hosting company that makes it simple, like Pair Networks. Pair has over 20 years of experience managing the entire digital ecosystem for thousands of online businesses all around the world. Pair makes it easy for you with do-it-yourself website building tools and features, including simple drag-and-drop page design. And they have guaranteed U.S.-based support technicians ready to help you whenever you need it. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Right now, when you sign up with Pair Networks, you'll receive one free month of web hosting. See for yourself how easy it is to build your website for free. Visit Pair.com slash free to get your first month of web hosting for free by using the code QUICKSTART. That's Pair.com slash free 
promo code QUICKSTART to get started today. You mentioned before the break about Women in Media, which is the organization that you are the New York City events chair, correct? That is correct. How have you found this role? Like, are you learning things about people? I go back to what I said before the break about you being a really good mentor or role model because women that are that are new, that are just coming out of film school, that are just starting out in this industry, they're going to look to someone like you because they see you're doing, you're, you are out there, you are very public and you're not always doing the big projects, but you are out there. So you are a perfect role model. What kind of growth have you seen with the women coming in and people wanting to be part of this organization or any organization that 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 really focuses on women in this industry? Well, first, thank you. That was lovely. And uh, you're a, an incredible role model. And just that you build a platform to help raise other women. I, I mean, there's a, a, a special word for that. Um, and I feel like it's mensch et or something like that. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny. When I joined Women in Media a few years back, I really thought I was just you know, tapping into another one of these networking things where you stand around and you have a drink and you hope to meet somebody if you have the guts sort of to go up to them and say, hi, I'm Lauren, what do you do, you know? And it, it was a much more active organization. The very first meeting, uh, one of the things they do is go around the room. You have like 40 seconds on the clock, who you are, what you do, and what you need or can contribute. And all this gets put to an Excel spreadsheet, which gets shared. So you know when you're coming in. Uh, I'm Tema Steg, who heads up the organization, insists that everybody set up three coffees at the, this is all pre-pandemic, of course, uh, three coffees. So one of the things I liked is that it was facilitating uh, a real interaction, a genuine interaction. You are hearing the, the the meat and potatoes of people, and you're hearing what projects they needed help in or where they could offer help. And to me, there is, I, I mean, you know, I, most of my years were as a TV producer. And so seeing things get done, you know, I'm one of those women that get shit done. And I love women that get shit done. So to me, that first meeting was kind of a revelation. And so when I found out they didn't have a New York City chapter doing that regularly, I said, I want to head this up. And my first meeting that we held, we had a great turnout. All these wonderful women spoke, doing incredible things. And um, I guess maybe a month or so later, we had a cocktail or networking night. And so many women came up to me to tell me that they had gotten work from that event. And some of it was, you know, paid work. And some of it was, uh, you know, just experience. Uh, A woman got a job. She's She's a musician and she scored a, a, a short film. Another woman got, she was a PA and she got paid work for a full season on a TV show. I mean, so I felt, isn't that amazing? This is an organization that where we're not just standing around being meek and we're not just being polite. And I'm not saying that that's indicative of any group of people, but I, I think at any type of networking event, that seems to be the MO of just, you know, being polite. And I'm from New York. <laughs> Again, <laughs> I I don't I don't like to play uh, games. If you want to get something done, let's do it. And so, 
to me, that's that's what spoke about this organization. And I think as far as other organizations, I know your organization is very active and doesn't just work on uh, on gender, but it works on ageism and racial issues. Mm-hmm. And I so appreciate it because I am such a strong believer in diversity is the key to everything. I, I don't want to hear from 20-something white men all the time. Yeah. But you know what? Every now and again, yeah, I would like to hear from a 20-something mm-hmm. white man. Right. I want every voice to be heard. But at the same time, so few of women's voices get heard that part of me feels like, uh, you know, Justice Ginsburg when she was asked how many women you know, will it be enough when how many women are on the Supreme Court? And you know, they thought she'd say like half. And she was like nine. And they're like nine. And she said, <laughs> you know, one questioned it when it was nine men, you know. So I know we have so far to go in this industry. And, I, you know, I probably lost your question. <laughs> But no, no, that was, <laughs> oh, that was perfect. You know, because I, I, I do, I mean, I know that, that we've discussed the organization that I am a, a longtime member of and a current co-president, Women in the Arts and Media Coalition, that you and I with Women in Media have talked about, you know, just the meeting of the minds, just, just to try to bring some type of connection to, because the mission is the same. It, it's, it's women and getting women working, basically. And make sure that women have a voice and that they are not always doing something. I do like the fact that you said that people got work when you had that networking session and that women actually met someone and they and they followed through and they got work from that. But personally, I'd like to see there's so many women organizations. And that's one of the reasons that I that I wanted to connect with you on the outside, you know, prior to the podcast to just try to to figure out how how we could on a regular basis keep women in you know keep women working with each other and keeping other organizations in our minds because there are so many organizations out there with the mission is the same and i i just feel like that we should all somehow or another be able to create some type of 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 same mission because the mission is the same and it is consolidated to maybe 25 events so that that we can all not be so separated. I guess that's basically what I'm saying. Well, I think that's a beautiful vision. I, I, I think that's going to be a little uh, harder to, in practicality. Yeah. <laughs> but I one thing that I did when I had my events, I, I've had mixers with other groups. Like we did a, a Barnard Alumni Entertainment Women's Group. Uh, I'm saying that wrong, but it was that basically it it was a great organization, and so we did a uh, working evening with them, and it was fantastic. You know, just so your organization and my organization. The minute we all feel we can go maskless, we're planning a a co-sponsored evening. Yes. Yes. Yes, we are. Yay. We're going to do it. <laughs> So just tell people quickly your social media, where people can find you in case they, they want to connect and find out more about women in media. Okay. Well, w- women in media, you could find online. It's uh, the only thing that's different is it's women in media. So it's not I N it's just the letter N women in media. And it's, it's a great organization. I would encourage everyone to join. I think, but I'd encourage everyone to join you know, whether it's your Women in the Arts and Media Coalition 
whether it's New York Women in Film and Television, whatever it is, I, I, I would recommend that people find, find a group because it's a hard uh, industry to traverse alone. And I am always very clear, uh, maybe a little too clear, that this is not a profession for stability. This is not, a, you know, as much as people want me to cheerlead the progress women have made, it is not nearly, even though I want to cheerlead all the progress women have made, it's not nearly enough. It's really uh, quite a small percentage of women directing top 500 films. It's an even smaller slice of that are women of color. And so I'm honest and I say that uh, if you want stability, be a teacher. Mm. <laughs> and so for the women that are looking for for a sisterhood, a community, I would definitely invite you to look into groups. Again, I'm in women in media. Uh, I don't have that much social right now. I'm not as social as I could be in the Insta sense and the Twitter. Um, I do have a Twitter handle. It's Flick Law. Uh, Flick is my actual last name. F is in Frank, L-I-C-K, Flick like a movie. And then my name is Law, L-A-U-R. Most people call me Law instead of Lauren. So if you see Flick Law, you can certainly follow me on Twitter. I, I'm usually much more active during the political season. <laughs> you know, I will be having some upcoming readings, nothing yet for the public, but I'm working on a pilot. So hopefully it's something people will hear about soon enough. Good, because that's what I was going to ask you. What are you working on? Yeah, so that's good. Well, I'm always writing something, uh, and right now I'm writing a pilot, and it's for a half-hour program, a digital series that I hope to sell to a streaming service, and it's based on my relationship with my boyfriend who is on the spectrum. My website is laurenflick.com, and yes, Flick is my name. And <laughs> you could see some work that I've done there. You could see little bios, and... And you can keep up with what Lauren is going on and what she's working on and also her stories. Yes. And she has great stories. Thank you. So, Lauren, do you have any words of wisdom that you can leave with us today? There's been a lot of words of wisdom passed along from you today. But what can you leave us with? Well, I definitely would leave you with don't be afraid to ask because you'll be surprised how many people want to help. And then the second thing I'm going to say is a piece of advice my dad gave me many moons ago that I still find rings true in so many areas of life. And that is something that he knew from golf. It's also used, I think, in tennis, and I use it in every area, and it's called follow through. Because uh, he used to say when you're, when you're swinging the club, where your club lands is going to tell you what direction it, your ball is going. It will tell you if you, if you drove it down the middle of the fairway, it'll, it, how you land with that club is going to tell you everything. And I find that in this business, so many people talk a good game, but so few people follow through. And I think if you can prove that you are one that follows through, then, then you get a reputation and people know that and people will reach out to you. When I, a lot of my work is word of mouth. People call me because they've heard that I do good work and that I follow through. And I think that that is one of the most important things is just people will offer you a lot. They'll tell you a lot. But the people that actually follow through are the people you want to hold on to. 
you are exactly right. I guess Danny was right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he was, yes. Follow, follow through is important. It's just as important as even saying, yes, I'm going to do whatever it is. Lauren, thank you so much for stopping by today. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. And I wanted to say, make sure that you like, subscribe, and share the podcast. And if you leave a review on Apple and Spotify, I'd appreciate it. And make sure you follow me on social media. Follow Lauren on social media so you know what's going on with her. And if you heard something today that that gave you an aha moment, just send me a DM and let me know on Instagram. And send it to Lauren, too. And I want to know what sparked your interest. And thank you so much for tuning in. Lauren, I'm so glad that you stopped by today, that you spent time with us. I really appreciate you taking the time to be here. Avis, you are one of the good ones. You are creating, your, your voice is creating a space for women to be heard and women to build community. And I applaud you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Avis. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen, checking out the podcast. Thank you for inviting me into your space. And until next time, I hope you will continue to thrive, grow, and be kind to yourselves and be kind to others.